what's up everybody happy wednesday and welcome or welcome back to another episode of brand like a girl the podcast with your favorite host your favorite girl nia imani um if you are new to the brand like a girl podcast this is honestly just a place for creators creatives entrepreneurs who are trying to get their life together who want to learn some skills um, some tips, some tricks, as well as hear some advice and just some testimonies from other influencers and creators, entrepreneurs. I'm just trying to help you help yourself while other people help me too. <laughs> so that's what this podcast is about. Um, and as if you read the title today, I'm going to be letting you all know 22 things that I've learned while being an entrepreneur. Um, I said 22 things because, I don't know, I just turned 23 um, back in December. So this was something I was supposed to record in January, but better late than never. So let's get in to some um, updates about just the, I would say the creative space. And then we're going to jump into my 22 tricks. That's something I want to start bringing to you all on this podcast. It's some news of what's going on lately. Um, and yeah, I just want to share with you all. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, um, Instagram TV. And if you are a creator and you're not using Instagram TV, we're going to have a long conversation about that because that's a problem. But IGTV um, might start monetizing the platform soon. Okay. So that's really big news because Instagram does not, they don't do any type of monetization. Like if you follow anything, um, not follow, but if you post things, you're not getting paid to post on Instagram. You like directly they don't have a direct funnel for creators and creatives to monetize on the platform similar to google adsense or similar to how um facebook does their monetization with facebook watch however the whole point of instagram tv even being launched i think was personally to see how um instagram could create a tangible platform or a yeah like a tangible not even tangible some type of um content that can basically generate ads if you are a creator half of the time if you are working with brands or people want you to post for them um they're going to add they're going to pay you directly opposed to like you getting money from how many people watch your video or how many people click the video or like the video on instagram so they're planning to launch a platform that will allow users to monetize Alrighty, so according to this TechCrunch article that I found, um, so Instagram, you know, they launched about 18 months ago. So this is a platform that's fairly new and it allows creators to upload longer videos that are about, you know, 60 seconds or longer. So that's something that's really dope because I like to even upload my podcast to Instagram just to like let you guys, you know, put you on to some of the content that I write. Um, but so Instagram confirmed to TechCrunch that it has internally prototyped an Instagram partner program that will let creators earn money by showing advertisements along with their videos. So this is going to give creators a sustainable and hands-off way to generate earnings from IGTV. They might be inspired to bring more high quality content to the destination, which makes sense because a lot of these platforms, Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, a lot of there is driven by creators, you know. As a consumer, yes, I enjoy getting content off there from my favorite creators, but ultimately this is a platform that's going to, that, you know, the, the main reason that it is popping how it is, is because creators are putting content on there that people love to consume. So, um, the program could potentially work similar to Facebook watch. And that's honestly similar to, um, Google AdSense, pretty much advertisers bid for space on, um, on YouTube or on Facebook watch and, 
creators get to put their ads into the video and you make money off of those ads being viewed. So essentially the more ads you have and the more um, views that you get on those particular ads, the more money that you can make from that actual partnership. So this is dope, like I said again, because now we will actually have a way to get paid on Instagram TV. So it's basically saying that video producers will earn 55% um, cut of the revenue from the ad breaks that would be placed into the IGTV video. But right now we, they're just, they're testing it out. It's in the beta states. I haven't seen anything so far, but in the event that I do, I will keep you all updated on that and try working out that feature. And I'll keep you all in the know of that. Um, something else I wanted to share with you all, if you are a creator, um, Amazon live, um, so if you ha are an influencer, if you are a creator, if you are an entrepreneur who um, drives a lot of your audience to products, um, you know, any whether, whether it be beauty products, hair products, tools, books, anything like that, if you don't have an Amazon influencer account, um, we need to talk. And there are stipulations to there, you know, there's different requirements that you would need to have an account, but I would say um, definitely do some research on that. And if you can get you an account, you should snag one because, um, for example, when I talk about hair products that I love and when I do a tutorial on YouTube, I always link the products that are either directly into my Amazon store or I will directly link the product from Amazon and pretty much from there you get a percentage. Um, as you all know, this is not work that makes a lot of money. Um, so we always have to find creative ways to increase our revenue in different ways and different streams to increase our revenue, especially off of, you know, our, our influence. Because if you know, I don't personally talk about things that I don't actually genuinely like. Um, so if I'm recommending it, I'm definitely, you know, backing it. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to refer you all or my audience to a product, I would love to have some type of commission from that. But I say all of that to say, um, a YouTuber I watch, um, Kimberly Sherrill, I love her content. She's always on her influencership. She pretty much is always on Amazon and essentially right now they have this beta program where they're allowing creators to go live and essentially talk about the products that they love and refer people to those products. So I think that's a really good point because now you're sitting here on live discussing the products that you love, you know, doing a video with your, your community and they can be buying the products that you're referring to them. So, I mean, I get that a lot of people might not like the work that we do because we do live in a capitalistic society. So I don't personally want to continue to like always shove products down people's throat. I think you should buy what you genuinely want to buy or what you're genuinely interested in. My platform doesn't rely solely on me like always trying to talk about products. But I think that is a dope way to continue to grow an audience and grow your bank. So I think that's really dope. Um, like I said, IGTV is coming out with ads, monetization tools, monetization tools soon. So when that happens, I definitely think that if you aren't, you should consider, um, getting your IGTV game up and then Amazon live, you should definitely look into the Amazon influencer program, setting up an account, putting up your favorite products, you know, setting up a storefront so that you can talk about your favorite products and refer people to your favorite products when they ask you about them. And then also potentially going on Amazon live, um, and you know, growing your audience. So those are two things that I wanted to get out of the way. And now we are going to get into 22 things that I've learned in entrepreneurship. So number one, write your brand values before you write your mission statement. So your brand values are going to be like your guiding light, <laughs> your guiding, you know, your moral compass when it comes to handling business. 
a lot of people don't have these. A lot of people um, will take on any opportunity. They will take on anything because they want money. They want fame. They want notoriety. They want people to know who they are. So they will do any and everything to stay relevant, any and everything to get money. I'm not one of those people. I would rather be broke before I take on an opportunity that I know personally does not align with who I am as an individual as well as a creator. So I think that it's important when you are starting out a business, you're starting out a brand, you are very, very clear on, you know, what do you stand for? Those are your brand values. What do you stand for? So when it comes down to writing your mission statement and when it comes down to writing your vision, you know, it's a little bit more clear and it's a little bit more easy um, on how you are aligned as an a creator, or I'm sorry, how you are as an entrepreneur. So just be clear on, you know, your personal um, brand values, but also be clear if you have a brand that's not directly in a direct reflection of your brand that you also take the time to write down what are some brand values that you want your business to stand for so for me some examples of my personal brand values are you know honesty is my best policy I want to be as vulnerable as possible I want to create a space for other black creatives to thrive and yeah I just want to be consistent so those are some brand values for me but everybody's brand values will look different but I think it's important to establish those before you actually dive into your mission statement and your vision so like get that out the way first and then articulate yourself a little bit more so number two this is so 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 important and number two is to own your data and when I say data I'm talking about your audience I'm talking about you know the numbers everything let's break it down so as a creator we utilize multiple platforms like Instagram YouTube Facebook MailChimp Twitter the list it goes on right you know, on those platforms, we're able to directly access or not even directly, we're able to, you know, engage with our audience. Um, we're able to see, you know, the demographic of our audience. We're able to just p to see those things. Right. But say tomorrow, Instagram just shuts down. YouTube shuts down. Facebook shuts down. How are you going to get in contact with these people who engage in your content? You know, you cannot solely rely on that one platform to be your only platform and that's why so many people preach about having a website because it is important to your business but it's also important for you to have an email list it's it's important for you to you know if you have a community you you get you take up their email so that in the event that you have a new anything happens if everything tomorrow just stops how are you going to get in contact with your community how are you going to keep your business going you have to you're going to have to find an innovative way to keep your community engaged with who you are so by owning your data i'm saying if you don't have an email list that might be something that you should start up so that in the event that the notifications or the algorithm on youtube are not working you it doesn't matter to you because you have a newsletter where you um actually send out notifications for when your new YouTube video is dropping. So even if they don't have on their post notifications, you have their direct email or their phone number to say, hey, I uploaded a new post, so you should go check it out. That's what I mean by owning your data. Um, I also mean, you know, by owning your data, if you have a specific niche audience, for me, I have a natural hair audience. Um, I have a millennial Gen Z audience. I have a creative audience. My audience, pretty, it, it kind of varies, <laughs> but I have a very, um, I would say unique audience. So what does that look like to me to for me to own my um my own my data and not I'm not saying own your audience in that way like 
be so bloodthirsty and hungry over their information and their data, but it is important to understand who you're dealing with. So I understand that I work with, like I said, um, black millennials, black Gen Z's, female, my audience is about 98% female and they're black and they live in the US, typically Atlanta, New York, and Texas. Um, and they like X, Y, and Z. So for me to further own that data, I can host surveys to get a little bit more in-depth information about who they are so that I can continue to grow my partnerships with things that my audience would like to see. You get what I'm trying to say? So by owning your data, I would think the first step would be um, for you to at, just at least start an email list, start a newsletter, um, and and keep track of who's engaging with you. Not necessarily everyone will sign up for your email list, but the stronger your email list, the better. And if they can kind of, those numbers can equate um, or equal up to the numbers that you have on those other social media platforms, I think you'll be successful. And if that's something that you guys want to further hear me discuss, like how to grow an email list, we can definitely dive into a, like a whole other podcast about that. But I just really wanted to talk about the importance of owning your data. All right. Number three, read the damn fine print. Okay. Read it. So as a creator, as an entrepreneur, I have gotten into some very interesting <laughs> business deals with people. Um, and it's because I didn't read the fine print sometimes, or yeah, I didn't read the fine print or sometimes people don't read the fine print. And when you don't read the fine print, that shows that you have a lack of care for the business that you're handling and that you clearly don't have any regard for the business that you're doing. I understand that, you know, um, contract terms can be very confusing <laughs> and that jargon is not something that I'm particularly, um, well versed in. However, you have to find some type of way to make sure that you get clarity to make sure that you don't get screwed over because business is business at the end of the day. People do not necessarily do business, um, out of the kindness of their heart. I always want to really stress the importance that the general, well, not the general, the, the most generic business person, the most generic business, at the end of the day, their bottom line is money. So even as an influencer, yes, brands want to work with me, collaborate with me. It's not because they think I'm super dope. They might think I'm super dope and cool, but they also have, um, they, they're aware that I am able to speak to a certain demographic and to them that says, hey, she knows how to speak to a more niche community and more niche audience and um, we want them to spend more money with us. So let's utilize her as a tool to get to them. So yeah, that's what business is about. It's not about... <sighs> At the end of the day, it's about money. That's what business is. It's about money. It's about exposure. And you have to make sure that you're not getting screwed over by people and you're not being, um, you're not being hold out by people because they will do that. So just read the fine print in your contracts. Read the fine print when you get a job and they telling you these are your responsibilities. Read the fine print so that there's no room for error on your end. And if you don't understand, there's tools out there like LegalZoom. Um, there's people you can, I don't know where you can find a lawyer to read a contract for you. You can Google terms and try to piece things together. But at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, um, a lot of this shit, you gonna have to like figure out for yourself. So I think the most important thing is to try to understand all angles of this business. And a lot of this business will be dealing with contracts. So you need to make sure that you know what the terms mean so that you don't get all right number four send those invoices okay a lot of times people forget to collect their money <laughs> don't do that you know go get your bread um something I've learned as of recently because 
shit it just gets rocky but it's important to even require a deposit like when I get my nails done my nail tech I have to pay a deposit when I'm I'm going to get some lashes done I had to pay a deposit I'm going to get a wax you got to pay a deposit for your service because a deposit is going to say that you're serious about this something that I've personally learned with a lot of beauty brands um they don't or just brands that I've worked with as an influencer they think that they should pay me net 30 that has caused me to be behind on bills that has caused me to be broke that has caused me to be literally waiting for this check that has already now that I'm I'm behind on my bills it don't it doesn't even matter if I get this money because I had to pay more money by being broke so I really just want to stress the importance of you know creators we are in charge create I'll be speaking to everybody because I'm an entrepreneur but I understand some people on this podcast might not be an influencer directly but even in even in all senses if you are offering a service to someone I think it's very important for you to require a deposit to begin your project that's going to that's inspiration for you to get your project started and that's also solidification that's also solidifying that you know this person is serious about your service um but I say all of that to say send your invoices once you have completed the task send the invoice so that you get your money on time and make sure you have terms and agreements as to how you want to be paid. Um, if there's any consequences, if there will be a late payment, you know, just take the time to get serious and to put systems in place so that you get your money on time. Because I know too many entrepreneurs, I know too many creators, freelancers who just, these people don't pay us on time and we wait in net 60, net 30. No, I need my money like you needed this service. So pay me my money on time. Number five, know your audience. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm aware of who I speak to. I don't speak to the male demographic, my male like percentage of like people who listen and watch my content. The male percentage is probably less than 10%. So if a brand comes to me and say, Hey Nia, we have this product that's for men. I can't sell it. You get what I'm to say? Like that just wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily align to me. But I do understand that I speak to the black millennial experience between the ages of 18 to about 35. That's the largest bulk of people who watch my content. So for me, I know that my audience is typically on Twitter. I know that my audience is typically on Instagram. They're on YouTube. These are the places that my audience likes to shop. They like to shop at Target, Sephora, um, Ulta, you know, those types of places. And I also am aware of the brands that they like to to hear from or to see on my platform or even just the type of brands that they like to see. I'm a natural hair blogger, but I mean, I also am an entrepreneurship blogger. So my audience will likely be interested in seeing brands that I work with that have to deal with natural hair. If I came on here and was like, hey guys, you should buy this bicycle. They were like, Nia, we, what the fuck? What are you doing with this bike? We know. And not to say that my audience is not interested in, you know, being physically fit. It's just more so like, Nia, just be honest that and just be really aware of what your audience likes to know about. That's the importance of knowing your audience. Just take the time to sit down and understand who you're speaking to and how what terminology they use. How do they shop? What are just some trends in the things that they do? So if you don't know who your audience is is if you don't know who you're speaking to i would say 
Um, if you, if you already have an established audience, take some time to survey some things that they like. Um, for me, even sometimes I'll go and be like, Hey, what do you guys want to see on my channel? I'll give options, but then I'll also say, Hey, like, let me know if, if there's something more that you want from me. I'll ask that in videos. I'll do surveys on the Instagram post. They have the survey option on YouTube, um, with my email list. When I, when it came down to me, actually, um, I'm in the process of picking the cover for my book. Y'all stay tuned because it's coming soon. But I'm in the process of picking the cover for my book. And on there, I, I did, I began my email list from that. And basically, I got people to help me narrow down the options for my, my book cover. Stuff like that. Keep your audience engaged. Know your audience. Know what they like to see. Because ultimately, yes, you create for you. Yes, you make for you. But your audience has a huge say-so in your trajectory as well as your career. If People didn't like my content, they wouldn't watch it. You know, if when I realized that people wanted to see more hair tutorials, what did I start doing? Started making more hair tutorials. That's what y'all want to see. That's what y'all going to get. So know your audience and then know what they want. Listen to their feedback. Take it into consideration. Implement it into your brand. Number six, don't be scared to outsource. So when I say outsource, that means, you know, you might hire somebody else to do a particular job. You cannot do everything. In entrepreneurship, a lot of times we have to wear a lot of different hats and that could become very overwhelming to your whole business. Like I'm learning right now, Nia, you cannot be the CEO, the secretary. You can't be the finance person, the marketer, the production, the video editor, the copywriter. That's a lot of hats, okay, to wear. And I'm at a space right now where I'm learning that I've been doing more harm to myself by not outsourcing and finding help um, because I'm trying to do every single thing by myself. And that also does come in hand. I mean, that does, you know, money comes and plays a role in that because if you can't afford to outsource because you are trying to be an, um, an entrepreneur, that can be difficult, but there will be some parts of your business where you cannot do that alone. And you have to outsource and understand that it's okay to, to invest in your business because that's what outsourcing is. Ultimately, when you find the right people to, to, um, outsource to, it's an investment because, the things that they're going to do great for you is going to allow your business to grow. So not even allow your business to grow, but it's going to to help you and to alleviate some responsibility on your end. So I would say outsource. Well, that looks like um, if you wanted to do a photo shoot, if you can't take the photos for yourself, what do you do? You hire a photographer. You hire someone to do your website. You hire someone to do your graphics. You can another time. Another way companies outsource is by hiring a consultant um hiring you know influencers to do their do a part of their marketing that is a a way of outsourcing so that you can help your business grow so don't be afraid to outsource don't think that you have to do everything on your own to make sure that your business is going to be successful okay number seven is ndas and agreements okay so an nda if you don't know it is a non-disclosure agreement and that's basically saying that whatever you and x y and z discuss is between you two and in the event that they breach this contract and they say they talk you know they say whatever they have to say about your agreement you can potentially sue them okay <laughs> so that's so important i'll give a personal example about the reason i've probably had to use non-disclosure agreements um so with campus curls we in the past have had chapters to come on and then literally take my whole business idea change some names around switch some things up and say they're a new organization they're a new company this is a very um common thing in business and that's fine 
more power to them. I'm not mad, but I have to protect myself, protect my business and my intellectual property. So in the event that we allow other chapters or, you know, people to expand our business, we ask them to sign a non-disclosure agreement. If you are going to be a member um, or, you know, establish a new chapter of this business, um, in the event that you no longer want to continue with us, you cannot um, create a similar organization within three months of you no longer being with us. That's an example of some terms and agreements that might be on a non-disclosure on a non-disclosure agreement. Um, another thing, like when I do influencer work, I work with a brand. I just signed this contract the other day. And basically it was saying that I can't put out any content um, until it's approved. That's a very common thing with influencers. You can't, you know, showcase the content that you have until the brand sees it, they approve it, and you can't, you know, post anything or just tell people who you're working with until it's, like, officially out there. So just having NDAs is very important. Beyonce is like the queen of NDAs. Y'all are not going to know Beyonce's business, and if you do, she will sue you, period. So if you don't, if you aren't in, implementing non-disclosure agreements in your business and protecting your intellectual property and protecting, you know, the business that you're doing, that might be something that you want to start implementing because a lot of times people will take advantage of entrepreneurs, of creatives for not knowing these things. And there's just some certain terminologies and type of agreements that you need to know about to make sure that your business can stay intact as well as survive. So number eight, I would say to track my progression. Um, at, I've been on YouTube since 2012. It's been a very, very, very long time on this platform. And I've seen my numbers grow. I've seen my subscribers grow. I've seen a lot of different types of growth. But sometimes I get stuck in this rut of like, I'm not doing enough. You know, people don't want to see this content. It's not, it's, I'm not, this is not working. Um, And a good way I would say to just, you know, look back on what you're doing and seeing how impactful it is by, is by tracking your progress and what that might look like for me as a creator as an influencer is just to say you know take down the whole year so January through December um input that into an excel sheet and then based off of each social media platform that I use whether it's YouTube Instagram and Facebook, I don't know. I'll say, hey, in the month of January, I had this many subscribers, this many views, and I made this much money off of it. And then in February, do the same thing and do that all for each platform so that, you know, if I want to, if in June I'm feeling like, uh, this isn't working, I look back in January and say, wow, like, look how far you've come. Look at your numbers then and look at where they are now. And, you know, also even further writing down, like, what was I doing in that time frame to, to help with my growth? So I think just tracking your progression just allows you to see what's working what's not working and then also in the future when you're feeling like you know this shit is sucks <laughs> you can go back and just say wow like this is how far I've come from then so it's okay like I'm good Alrighty. so number nine this is something we actually talked about in a previous podcast but this is going to be setting your key performance indicators aka KPIs so this is like going to be integral when it comes to any type of business whether this is your nine to five job whether this is you being an intern like an entrepreneur or an influencer, you need to really sit down and understand what is the goal of what you're doing. So your key your key performance indicator is pretty much going to 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 be a measurement of what's working. So just like talking about tracking your progress, you got to see what's working. So I'll give a example because I'm an example person. Let's say 
in January or sorry in March um I really want to grow my subscribers on YouTube from 126,000 to 130,000 so a KPI and that would be okay Nia <laughs> you need to do 10 10 videos not 10 videos five videos every week for the month of March right and you need to drive um the traffic to those videos on all of your social media platforms. So you need to market on Instagram. You need to market on Instagram stories. You need to convert that video, that YouTube video into an IGTV video and tell, you know, have your call of action, your call to action to tell people to go and search this video on YouTube or to click the link in your bio to go directly to those videos. And then also on Twitter, you're gonna take a chunk of that video and say, hey guys, go check out my new video on YouTube that's going to be a key performance indicator for me to grow my YouTube if I would like to is by saying that one of my KPIs for that example would be the consistency or the frequency of me posting on social media. Because I realized in the past that because I posted so inconsistently, my numbers were not growing. But in the event that I post more consistently as well as post the content that my actual audience enjoys, and I will have the hopes of growing my, you know, subscriber count. There are different forms of KPIs. Um, and like I said, if this is something that you want me to go more in depth in, I can make separate podcasts about that. But that is just something that I've learned in business is really just understanding that you have to have goals <laughs> when you go into things. You have to have a goal when you go into a marketing strategy. Brands, when they collaborate with us, they have to have goals. It's like, yeah, you want to work with an influencer, but... In, why? Why do you want to work with them? How how do you plan to see growth in your business by working with them? You know, are you going to drive the traffic to your website? Are you going to provide this influencer with a coupon code to see how much sales they were able to generate through their influence? So those are forms of key performance indicators, but it's just very important for you as an entrepreneur, as an influencer to set those for yourself as well and to set those goals and see what are you going to look at closely to see how that growth is like actually happening? So number 10, have a plan. Um, those who plan to fail, fail to plan. No, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. That's a real ass quote. It don't have to be elaborate. It does not have to be super well thought out. But if you know that you want to sell 10 lip glosses a month how are you like what's your plan like you can't just be like oh I want to sell 10 lip glosses and don't do anything no you have to post on Instagram you got to host a sale you got to run an Instagram ad I don't know you got to do what you have to do but at the end of the day you have to have a plan so I think that's very self-explanatory because everything is oversaturated now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur everybody wants to have an Instagram run a podcast host an e-course, make an e-book, write a book. Everybody wants to do the same thing. So how are you going to stand out and how are you going to align yourself with your target audience so that you are speaking to those right people? And that all comes to comes into fruition by having a plan and just really further understanding your why and actually why you are doing this. Because it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to do make a YouTube channel, but why are you making a YouTube channel? Are you making a YouTube channel to just make money? So you think that, you know, posting videos is going to make you money. If that's why you're in it, you're in it for the wrong reasons. I mean, I know I said business is about um, making money, which it is, but I feel like in order for your business to be fulfilling and successful, 
to me, this is my personal definition. You have it has to come from a place of passion and actually wanting to see a difference or make an impact in that area. So ultimately what I'm saying is have a plan. For me, one of my plans was with YouTube, I wanted to create content to educate people on their natural hair, to embrace themselves, to embrace their blackness. And now I'm in a space where I want to educate people on being an influencer, monetizing their talents and just being very knowledgeable of this space so that you don't get fucking screwed over from businesses and from people. That's, that's my why, you know, the money might be slow. It might come in late, whatever. I'm tightening up in other areas of my business, but ultimately that's my why. So when shit hits the fan, when shit is coming in late, when it's not going how I want it to, I go back to my why. And I remember that. And ultimately I have a plan. So number 11, pay attention to detail. That is the easiest way to get screwed over in business. That's the easiest way for people to say, you're not serious about this, you're unprofessional, and then decide to move on to someone else. I would say paying attention to detail could be something as simple as putting the wrong email address in your bio for people to contact you. Now, when they click that and they try to email you, it's incorrect. So some people might not be as graceful and say, oh, hi, what's your email? That might have been your one shot to connect with someone. But because it was not correct, they moved on from you. So that's one thing I would say in paying attention to detail. But being detail-oriented will set you apart from so many other people because people get lazy. And if you say, if you show people that you're not lazy with your brand and that you are taking a strong initiative um, to what you have going on, that's going to pay off in the long run. So it might be tiresome. It might be time consuming, all of those things, but just pay attention to the detail and yeah, pay attention to detail. Number 12, let me sit up straight for this one. Okay. <laughs> know your worth and add tax. Okay. Know your worth, add tax. I'm gonna give you all a particular, very specific, very recent um, situation that I'm going through right now. This very well-known brand reached out to my manager and I in January. So after I did my big chop, my numbers on Instagram as well as um, YouTube have grown significantly due to me literally taking a video <laughs> from my damn YouTube video and posting it on IGTV and then a whole bunch of natural hair pages reposted it and my numbers grew and boom. So I went from like 24K, which I was stuck at for like a year. Like I was stuck at 24K for a year. My engagement was extremely high, but I was not growing substantially and like moving into 30K, X, Y, and Z. Now I'm at 35K on Instagram, right? Because of that, you know, my big chop. Do, 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 do. So when that brand reached out to me in January, I was probably at 24K. And then they like, finally reached back out saying, Hey, we have a budget, this, that, and a third, and this is how much we're willing to pay you. And I'm like, okay, well, y'all got them rates from January. <laughs> this is a whole new Nia. This is a whole new Instagram. We not on that right now. So I took the initiative to say, Hey, you know, I know this is something that we might've agreed on. Um, well, we didn't even agree on it. Cause I didn't sign that contract. These are just my old rates. But now if this is the type of content that you want from me, this is how much you're going to have to pay. And this is why. You know, brands have money, people have money, people have a budget, especially when somebody comes to you and they say they don't have a budget, that mean they got money, okay? So don't let nobody try to play with you, no. So I, you know, reached out and I politely drafted up an email and said, this is why, you know, you all should pay more 
And we're in the process of negotiating that right now. But I say all of that to say is I could have just sat there and took what they were going to give me. And that would I would could have said that's enough. But no, I, I know that I'm worth more than what they were trying to offer me. And then justifying why. But even you shouldn't even have to always justify why. Like you should just people should just accept your damn race is what they are. But I say all of this to say Stop lowballing yourself as a creative. Stop lowballing yourself as an entrepreneur because that sets the tone for other people in your industry and other people who are following suit. As a black influencer, as a black entrepreneur, if I say my rates are this low, that signals to these brands and to these companies that, oh, all black entrepreneurs and all black creators are this cheap. So we're going to continue to pay them next to fucking nothing. White influencers, white creators make so much more money than us. With half of the audience, half of the talent, half of we don't even have to get into that. I'm saying all that I, I'm saying all this to say, you need to understand the cost of doing business. You need to understand how much people are paying other people like you right now. And then you also need to be an advocate for yourself and speak up for yourself and say, no, this is what I deserve and I deserve more. And this is why, because this is what I bring to the table. And if you want me to bring this to the table, you have to pay accordingly. And if you cannot pay for that, then I will look elsewhere or you can look elsewhere because I'm not going to sell myself short because if we continue to sell ourselves short, that's all we're going to ever get. Nothing fucking nothing and I'm tired of rubbing two damn pennies together so if you're tired of rubbing pennies together you need to speak up for yourself you know and just know that you deserve more number 13 choose your business partners wisely just like you choose your partners in romantic your friends you need to vet people you know <laughs> that you do business with have conversations with them see how your personal you know, morals align with theirs. And in the event that they don't, that might not be somebody that you need to move forward with. Um, everybody that you do business with, you're probably not going to necessarily have the best rapport with. Business will quickly and easily show you that you cannot get along with everybody and that is okay. But you do need to know how to work with people that you might have disagreements with or that you might not personally agree with. When it comes to your business partners, though, you don't want to work with flaky people. You don't want to work with people who pay late. You don't want to work with people who don't do good work. You don't want to work with people who have terrible attitudes that don't know how to speak to people that have piss poor communication, who have piss poor customer service. If those are things that, you know, even just you emailing this person back and forth or trying to vet them for their services, if that's what they're doing, they're going to continue to do that. And that might not personally be somebody that you want to, you know, engage in business with. So just be very, be very, just discern who you're doing business with because business gets very sticky, business gets hard, and you don't want to be in this space with somebody who can't even hold up their end of the weight. And yeah, I have stories about that shit, but just choose your business partners wisely. That's what entrepreneurship has taught me. Number 14, be confident in your work. 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 If you are not confident in your work, if you talk down on your work, if you think that your work is not worth it, what does that signal to show other people? And that's something that even talks about like yourself. If you're not confident in, in yourself, if you don't love yourself, that shows other people to treat you like shit and to, 
to not respect you. So be confident in your work. Like know that your work is the shit. If people want to critique it, take their criticism into consideration, reflect and move forward. But don't be so crippled by fear and of rejection and being a disappointment that you don't even put your work out there. Somebody is waiting on you to put your work out there. Okay? Just because I don't like an artist and their music, that does not mean that somebody doesn't like it. Okay? That doesn't mean that, you know, just because I say this is the worst shit ever, somebody else over 10 more people are saying this is the best thing ever. This this saved my life. So, keep going. Literally, just keep going, you know, be confident in what you put out there. I will always say to seek, like, room for improvement because we can always be better. Always. You can always go harder. Never forget that. But be confident in what you do put out there. Be proud of your work. Be proud of, you know, yourself. Be proud of how you present your work. Don't be shy. Hold your head up and know that this is the best shit that you ever created, even in the event that it's not. Just know that it is for right now. And that's something like for me with my YouTube videos, when I go back and I really look at the shit that I used to put on YouTube, terrible, trash. But guess what? I was confident and I knew that was the best shit that I ever did. So I put it out there anyway. And me having that mentality allowed me to say, wow, Nia, you could be better. You can grow. You can go harder. So what did I do? I decided to do that for myself. So you have to take, you have to change your mindset and understand that this is bomb. You're bomb. Yes, you have room to grow, but where you are right now in this space and at this stage is good enough. Be confident in that and then continue to seek room for growth. All right. So number 15, this kind of goes into what I just said. And that point is to listen to your consumers or your audience, but trust your own judgment. Feedback is going to be essential to your business. People are going to say, hey, I like this, but X, Y, and Z, or hey, could you do more of this? Or, you know, I don't like this. There are going to be some people that's just going to troll and just talk shit. They have nothing else to do with their life. You cannot allow naysayers to get in between you and your bread. No, but you should listen to the people who are loyal to you and who are genuinely concerned about the well-being of your business. Take those opinions and take that considerate, take that constructive criticism into consideration. But at the end of the day, ultimately, you have to trust your own judgment. Because if we get so wrapped up in listening to what everybody else has to say and you're going to eventually morph into what people want you to be. No, the reason you are successful and the reason that you are thriving is because you bring an authentic, unique and fresh approach to what you're doing. So, yes, if people want to see more hair videos from me, guess what I'm going to do? Post some more hair videos, but I'm also going to post this type of content. I'm also going to post my weekly vlogs. I'm also going to post some other shit that I want to personally post. You have to have a healthy wheel and a healthy balance of feedback and what you want to do. So trust your intuition, trust your own judgment, but also take into consideration what people do have to say. Number 16, you have to adjust to the market. Whatever your market may be. I'll give a perfect example. The music industry has changed significantly, but not really. So people never, you know, we didn't used to have streaming platforms. We had the radio. Eventually, the radio died because the rise of streaming. So we have iTunes, we have Spotify, we have YouTube Music, we have all these other different types of platforms. As an artist or as a as anybody in any industry, if you resist change, you will not be able to make it. You have to adapt and you have to adjust to what's currently going on so that you're able to continue to thrive. As a creator, if I see... 
that more people are on TikTok, what does that say I might have to do? I might have to start going on TikTok. If Instagram um, or Facebook or whatever platform that I'm using, if they released a new feature, what should I do? I should take heed to that new feature and try to further connect with my audience where they are. You have to adjust with the market. If things are beginning to change, if things are beginning to be a little bit more innovative and that's going to cause you to have to to learn something new, that's what you have to do because at the end of the day, as humans and as a society, we're constantly evolving. And if you do not evolve and adjust with what your business has going on, you will never be able to continue to keep up with your competition as well as keep up with your audience. So I would say in the event that it comes to you being an entrepreneur, you know, just always seek out room to grow and seek out more knowledge and see what's trending in your actual market what's trending in your industry what are they what are what are people ways that people are marketing now what are some trends that are emerging you have to do your research ultimately like what's going on and how can you stay on top because ultimately that's what we all want to do we just want to stay on top um not everybody but you want to just stay on top but most importantly you want to stay relevant that's how you're going to continue to make money that's how people are going to continue to shop with you, know who you are, purchase your whatever is by staying relevant. Number 17, others will take your ideas. That is okay. You, if you can make one good idea, you can make a hundred good ideas. You know, if I could count on a hand of how many times somebody stole something from me, I don't know. I wouldn't have no hands or I would have, yeah, I don't know. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, but also there's nothing new under the sun. So if people take your ideas, that's fine. You can either be bitter about it or you can keep doing what you're doing. Because if somebody's stealing your ideas and they keep stealing and stealing and stealing your ideas, they're literally waiting on your next move to make their next move. If you are not waiting on nobody's next move to make your next move, who's in the win-win situation? Yeah, Fashion Nova is cool. They make money, but guess what they're always doing? They're always waiting on the next fashion designer to do something so that they can make it a little bit more low quality yeah you're making something low quality but this person has the the esteemed name as a brand who do you want to be chanel or fashion Nova? think about that number 18 create systems create systems create systems if you are an entrepreneur that does business consulting you might need to start automating your business you know have a form for people to sign up to purchase your service from there they get an email saying hey fill this out you need to do this and then set up a time to call and chat with me so that you're not manually having to do all of that a lot of being an entrepreneur is doing admin work that can become very tiresome so if you have systems set in place to kind of help smooth along things and alleviate things that's going to be easier on you. Have a process in place. I think I am going to do a whole podcast on having systems in place because that's very important. And I really want to go further in depth because I feel like I haven't been able to elaborate as um, much as possible on what I'm talking about. But you need to have systems like life is about systems. It's about a, having a routine. And if you have to have routines and processes in your business so that you're able to move as efficiently as possible. So that's definitely something that we're going to be discussing in, a, in its own podcast. But have systems in place. Number 19, apply for grants, accelerator programs, fellowships. So as an entrepreneur, a lot of times this is going to come out of your own budget, out of your own money. You're going to have to fund your own dreams. There are resources and there are opportunities out there for you. 
but you have to know where to seek them. Um, I was in the tech space <laughs> for a little bit. And when I was in the tech space, I was definitely getting into venture capitalism, um, accelerator programs, angel investors. And that is its own own world of its own if you haven't definitely be sure to check out my podcast with my friend Olamide she is a very successful entrepreneur who is raising money okay she's raising real bread um and that podcast we kind of touched a little bit on how to kind of immerse yourself into that culture but there's resources out there there are you got to search for it you know if you are a black female tech company type in black female tech company grants accelerator programs fellowships find ways you have to you have to search ultimately like I can't really point you to the specific direction to make your business successful because everybody's business requires different things but at the end of the day if you won't even take the initiative to find resources for your business to grow do you really want this so I would say look for grants look for fellowships and look for different ways that you can grow as an entrepreneur some stuff might not give you money. Some stuff might just give you knowledge and it might give you networks that can eventually turn into money. But at the end of the day, you always need to find ways to grow. And this is what I mean by finding ways to grow, whether that's financially, whether that's um, in, a, in leadership, whether that's in the knowledge that you're acquiring, you have to find ways to grow in your business. Number 20, we got two more left. Network, 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 network. A lot of people look at networking as this very transactional opportunity. I'm not a transactional opportunist, opportunist, opportunist. I'm not an opportunist when it comes to networking. Like, I don't want to just know somebody because of who they know and what I think they can get me. At the end of the day, I'm I'm the captain of my my fate um, and God. But I'm it's up to me to get where I need to be. I do think that people can help you along your journey and help you along your path. That's why we're all here. But I'm not looking at one sole person to be my ticket through the door. No, like you are the ticket through your door to your to that door. You are the ticket to your success. So I say all of that to say is when it comes to networking, like you need to know who you need to speak to, though. Like, do you want a job at a space? Okay, look at LinkedIn, see who's working in that specific department and how can you get in contact with them? Are they going to host an event? Are they going to be at this event? Get to know these people. If you are at an event, are you talking to people or are you shy in a corner? You know, put yourself out there. I even network at the grocery store. Oh, you, I like your hair. Oh, you do? You should watch my YouTube channel. I just gained a new subscriber. That's networking. Networking isn't this elaborate, fancy-ass thing that everybody wants it to come out to be. Networking is just being your genuine self and advocating for yourself and letting people know what you do and how potentially you could be of service to them or somebody else that they know. That's what it is because a lot of times the jobs that you get, the opportunities that you get are not through you applying for to them. It's through somebody referring you to it. So Always bring your best person to the table and don't be scared to advocate for yourself and to to put yourself out there and what you do out there. 21, never stop learning. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but you don't know everything. You will never know everything. And the smartest people never stop learning. The smartest people are always seeking rooms for seeking a space for them to grow and to to master their craft just a little bit more. Period. So if that means going back to school, if that means 
um, reading a new book. If that means taking somebody's e-course, that's learn more because traditional marketing or even marketing has changed. YouTube has changed since I've started it. So what does that mean for me? Okay, Nia, you might have to figure out some new ways to meet your audience, to integrate, you know, marketing into your content strategy. Never stop learning because at the end of the day, things are going to be constantly evolving and you can sink or swim either or. So never think that you know everything because somebody to your left, right, back, front side can always teach you more. So don't be so egotistical that you just shut yourself out to new ideas, to new ways of thinking, to new perspectives. Never stop learning. Alrighty, number 22. Okay, y'all, 22 is also a really good number to me because it's like my angel number, but 22, never stop learning. I'm sorry, I'm lying. Number 22, remember your why. Why are you doing this? Why do you wake up every day? Why are you in business? Why are you a YouTuber? Why are you an entrepreneur? Why are you selling that lip gloss? Why are you selling that hair weave? Why are you a photographer? What is your why? Not the, oh, I want to make money. Why? No, because I want to see an impact in X, Y, and Z. I want to, like, you have to take the time to sit down and just realize, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this for other people? Or are you doing this for yourself? If you're doing it for other people, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Do it for yourself. Do it for you. Do it for little you. You know, make you as a, make that, that per, the person you were when you were six years old, make them proud. Do it for them. Remember your why. That might be very hard for a lot of us. I know, especially like, who are going through transitions and who are just in a space where it's like, I don't even know. I get that. I understand that life can be very hard and the influences that you have from society, the influences that you have from family, friends, just everybody telling you who you're supposed to be. No, who do you know that you are? Who do you want to be? What makes you happy? What genuinely makes you smile? I believe that, you know, work whatever that may be for you and success for whatever that may be for you is only determined by you if you are happy planting fucking cucumber seeds for the rest of your life if that shit makes you smile when you wake up in the morning that is success and happiness in your why to you it has to be about ultimately what makes you happy remember your driving force and remember your why and that is where we are going to end today's podcast i just want to say thank you all so much for tuning in be sure to tune in Friday for a special guest we're going to be having. So, yeah, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, um, Wednesdays are going to be for my podcast and then Fridays will be for a guest podcast. So thank you all so much. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and I will see and hear from you all very soon.
hard for a lot of us. I know, especially like who are going through transitions and who are just in a space where it's like, I don't even know. I get that. I understand that life can be very hard and the influences that you have from society.